Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hey everyone, this is Matt Goodlock from the 3GIQ Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Frank Gow, and I got a special guest, a good friend I've known for a long time, Nick Collier. Nick Collier works for Double Star Rifles. He's a good old Kentucky boy, and since we're on Kentucky, and you probably see me drinking bourbon every now and again, or hear me drinking it, uh, my bourbon for this show is going to be the Blade and Bow, uh, mm. you know, and I'm going to be drinking it out of... Uh, my very special Red Stitch Targets uh, cup. But uh, before we go any further, uh, Nick, can you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself and uh, tell the listeners what they want to know? Yeah. So my name is Nick Collier. I've been with Double Star since 2002. So I'm about just over 20 years with the company. Uh, we're based out of Winchester, Kentucky. So that's where the bourbon references are going to come from. And since Matt has his blade and bow, I'm going to show you, we've got, several years ago, we had bought a barrel of Buffalo Trace and had it private labeled, so there's a little sticker on there, and uh, since this is a special occasion and, and, and the first time I've been on 3-Gun IQ, here's to you fellas with some Buffalo. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Double Star's been around since 1978, started off Jack and Teresa Starnes, actually started selling reloading components. Uh, out of the back of their little car and it was like a pinto or something of that nature he said and they had a couple tackle boxes full of stuff and it just kind of grew from there uh became a family you know family business uh the son jesse who is our vp now he is there uh when he was a kid him and his grandmother they would box orders box kits box parts and send them out because jack and Teresa would get in the car start on the east coast and do shows all the way across to the west coast and then work their way back doing shows so they'd be gone several weeks at a time and just phoning in orders for granny and jesse to get them out so hmm. that's how it kind of got started uh when i started there was about 10 of us and we have kind of course the boom and bust of uh politics and, and things that caused the industry to boom and and all that we've had as many as 75 employees right now we're running at about 30 and uh, just trying to maintain. We do AR-15s, M16s, all the little parts and pieces. We've got a 25,000 square foot machining shop with CNC lays, mills, uh, screw machine, uh, all kinds of good stuff in there. None of it in, that I'm allowed to touch because nobody <laughs> wants that. Um, but anyway, I take care of the marketing side of business. Uh, myself and Justin Moses, um, He's my right-hand man, and we get out there, and we handle your email blast, your social media, um, going out to some of the shows. Of course, the three-gun team is something I handle, and uh, just whatever they ask me to do. You know, it's a family business. So Jesse is actually my brother-in-law. His wife and my wife are sisters. So I, it's, it's part I'm part of the family, uh, about as close as you can be without having your name on anything. So 
Uh, it's been a really good experience working for family. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you've got a good family to work with, I know it doesn't work out for everybody, but I've had a really good experience in my 20 years there and I'm looking forward to more. No, that's awesome. Appreciate it. I didn't even know some of that stuff about the company. I remember you telling me about some of it, but no, that's, that's great. And I mean, honestly, like you, you and I have talked in the past and it, it's one of the things that drew me to double star the family mentality, the family mindset, everybody taking care of each other. And I think, you know, that's one thing that I really love about three gun, but that's one th thing I really loved about the company, you know, the, from the first time you and I met, you know, it was that blue Ridge three gun championship yep. and it was, you know, me and you just tracking up and down a hill about 150 yards up a hill and 150 <laughs> yards back down a hill all day pretty much and it was just like you and i just got really just really got to know each other and yeah. like we just carried that friendship forth and you know that's one thing i love about this sport is you may only see that person once or twice a year mm -hmm. but it's in a sense it's kind of like the marine corps it's like you never even left each other like that's you, right that's the, right. the relationship just continues and it's like hey what's up man been a while and you yep. just kind, kind of carry on um but so for this episode, we're going to be looking at things from a, a, a bit of a different perspective. Um, we talked to members of the Marine Corps shooting team. We've talked to match directors. Now we want to talk to somebody who's been in the industry and has seen the ups and flows of time. And, and so through your many years working for Double Star, what has been the thing that has really kept you around this industry for as long as it has? Well, like you said, the, the family atmosphere where I work is very inviting. Um, there's been some really, really good perks to working for family. Like my son was able to go to work with me every day through the younger years. So he grew up in our shop and so did my nephews. Um, and anybody could do that. It wasn't just us. Uh, you know, if, if the school got canceled or, you know, snowed out, you'd see 10, 10 people's kids running around the shop just having a good time, you know, because what are they going to do with them? Can we shut down the shop so these people can take care of the kids or we just let them come on in? So they'd bring their kids in. We'd have pizza and have a good time. So individually double star that that's kind of been part of the big reason why I've stayed around so long. But outside of that, it's, it's people. Mm -hmm. It's real simple um, for me. Anyway, I'm a people person, you know, I always say once you're in, you're in, and uh and i'm gonna love you just like my brother from from then on and that's the way i try to treat people but i've noticed that a lot of people do that here in the industry it's not just me uh, everybody has their own way of doing it and that's what's special but mm -hmm. uh, i think the people very inviting very willing to help you out if you run into a snag uh i'm sorry a snag when you're trying to either develop a product or test a product or whatever there's always a good safety net for you to fall back on and say, Hey, I'm really having struggles with this. What do you know? And then you get a huge variety of backgrounds, whether it be military, whether it be industry, whether it be three gun or whatever to input on a problem and really solve it instead of just doing it one, one view, you know, you have all those perspectives. So I think that's probably another good reason why the industry is so good. Oh Yeah. Nick, I'd like to ask about some of the possible misconceptions you might have had before starting to work in the firearms industry. So out of all those, like whatever you thought it was going to be like, 
how much of that ended up being true and how much of it ended up being different? Well, here's going to be a funny story, maybe a funny answer to that, is I had zero firearms experience when I started working here. Um, like I said, I was a young kid. I actually did part-time before I started full-time while I was in college. And uh, I really came in wanting to be a police officer um, at that at that point in my life. And I thought this would be a great way to learn about firearms and, you know, because police officers have to have them. My father was not a hunter. Um, he had a hunting rifle and a pump shotgun and a revolver like every hillbilly in Eastern Kentucky. And that's, that's what we had, you know? So I shot each of those, I think once. So I always thought firearms were cool, but it wasn't a big thing in my house. So it wasn't something that I thought about like, Oh, this is going to be scary or whatever. I really just jumped in with both feet and took off. So it's often new shooters get into the sport and it can be quite intimidating to shoot a match and see guys with jerseys, even, even at the, the local level. Um, but some of the, prof you know, so-called professional shooters uh, and, you know, some, some of the people that get into the sport are enamored by the Jersey. Some just see it for what it is. Just being, hey, it's just a guy wearing a jersey representing the right. company. Um, when choosing of individuals to represent your team, you know, what qualities do you look for in those individuals? Do you look for, you know, because we've seen the many different versions of the pro shooter, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Some have big personalities. Some are guys that are just, you know, the quiet guy on the sideline shooting his own game. What right. do you look for? Uh, number one is integrity, period. Just like I look for in a friend, you know, I'm going to have to work with these people and they're going to be representing double stars. So that's a huge, huge deal to me. Um, when I go out on the range, I make sure I represent double star the way it should be done. And I expect everybody that wears our colors to do the same thing. Um, you know, when people are bouncing around all over the place or breaking down on the, on the, on the, range because they had a bad stage and they're throwing things and they're cussing and you know having a little hissy fit i see that you know i've been in this now i've been shooting competitions for about 10 years mm -hmm. you build a, a reputation for things you know as we both know or all three of us know you know who you want to shoot with and who you don't mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing i want double star people to be people that you want to shoot with i want them to be the ones that will help you when you need help uh, not just like resetting, obviously that's, that's a no brainer, but you know, if somebody has a problem with a piece of equipment, you know, they're the guys or girls that are going to hand them out and be like, here, use mine. You know, those are the kind of people we're looking for. Just nice, easy to talk to approachable, but most of all impeccable integrity that are going to represent very well on the range. It doesn't really matter if you're a top 10 shooter, that's a bonus. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, look at the people on our team right now. Not everybody's a top 10 shooter. Most of them aren't, mm -hmm. but they're, they're smart people. They're good people. They put you up on their couch if you needed it. And uh, it's a, again, another good knowledge base to tap into. They're people who truly care about each other. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we just, you just brought in, you know, Rob Hall and right. that's like a great addition to the team. Like, everybody who's on the East coast really knows who Rob is. And he's just a really inviting guy. 
um, who who's just willing to help. He goes out, he ROs matches, or you know, he's he's there that squad mate that is constantly helping reset all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He's just and he knows he gets he he tries to get to know everybody. And you know, Scott Newham is the same way. Yeah. Um, John Mark yeah, Burden, sure. just real nice, quiet individual, but just he could be really funny. Just but just like real inviting and great people. That's it. That's what we're looking for is great people, not necessarily great shooters. That's a bonus because <laughs> they let me on the team. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. To follow on um, that, <clears throat> that discussion, a lot of people will see those sponsored shooters and they won't necessarily see all those character traits and all the hard work that got them to where they were and where got sure. them selected. Right. And you said it yourself. It's more important that they're a good person, a good guy or girl than a good shooter. Um, what's some advice that you would give to some younger shooters that are going out there and seeking some of those sponsorships? So for the younger shooters, one, being out there, is, I think is huge because, I mean, I, we get a lot of emails and, and, and things with people who are looking for sponsorship. And most of them I've never heard of. And I mean, I'm talking about people that I might've run into. I'm not talking West coast, which we're trying to get to We'll work on that later, but um, people that I may have seen at the range and you never see them at a match. You never see them doing things. I would tell young people, make sure you're getting out there. And when you're there, making sure you're meeting people uh, mm -hmm. because again, that's a huge knowledge base to learn from there. And if you see somebody who's doing something that you think, wow, that's really cool go talk to them. Don't be afraid to talk to these people. That's one thing, like you said, they, these jerseys get people all tore up and they're just mm -hmm. people. Yep. Celebrities. They're just people. Shooters. They're just people. And most of them bought their own Jersey. If we're going to be real about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, well, I have these, I use these products. So I'm just going to throw these logos on a Jersey. Exactly. And you know, there's really no way unless you go to every match and, and to police that. But most people, like, I'll get random people sometimes that'll say, hey, do you care if I put your logo on my jersey? I use your stuff. So, I, you know, I'll start digging and trying to find something about them before I give them permission. Because I don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a complete spaz. Uh, you've broken the 180 17 times in one match. You know, it's, you never know. People are nuts. So you always want to make sure that you're talking to people, you're meeting people and you're learning and you keep yourself humble because just like you fellas know, when you get some whippersnapper coming in and kicking your ass, which has happened more than once to me, but I mean, let's talk Brittany, for example, 14 <laughs> years old and was kicking my butt. But anyway, we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's humbling to somebody like me, but can also really inflate a kid, a kid's ego. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're one of those kids that's into social media and that kind of stuff, that can be a huge tool for you if done correctly. But if mm -hmm. not, it can be your, you know, kind of your undoing as well. So James Gill and I, have, we've had this discussion many different times on the subject of sponsored shooter slash brand ambassador title. And we see guys, you know, who wear the jerseys jump from company to company every year. And in my opinion, it shows a lack of loyalty and shows that that person is just chasing the next greatest thing. And they're mm -hmm. only there to help themselves rather than trying to help build a company or build a brand. 
um, being that you've been doing this for a long time, you know, how do you view individuals who jump company to company or what are things that you watch out for when bringing on somebody new? Well, that's just it. If I've seen them wear, you know, three or four different people's jerseys, let's just say ARs, you know, or whatever, and they've switched, bounced around year to year. That does. That's exactly what I see is a lack of loyalty. Uh, somebody just looking for either a bigger paycheck, which is fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe they got more free stuff from one person than the other. Um, but yeah, it's when I'm looking at people, I'm always looking at and the same thing with interviewing people for a job. You know, you want some consistency in their, in their history and maybe they're jumping for a good reason. That's yeah. the other thing you got to ask is there's always two sides to every story. And luckily in the industry, you it's know, small. Been, it's small. And there's been a couple of times that people have heard that we were talking to somebody and they have called me and said, listen, these are the things you need to watch out for. And that's caused me to either pursue, to dig, or go the other way, you know, because somebody I trusted has contacted me and let me know, hey, you might want to watch out for them because this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, if we sign somebody on, let's say they're young, okay. And they, they have a couple meltdowns because that's happened too. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that as a reason to just cut them off. You know, we're in a unique position to mentor these young people, especially in the, you know, two a world, but Mm -hmm. as people, as humans, and if people just cut them off because they make a mistake, what are you teaching them? You're teaching them that, that, that turns into the one thing I hate is, well, this company just has a zero defect mentality, right. you know, that get nobody learns anything from a zero defect mentality. Right. And uh, so I told you, Jack and Teresa star and started this. Well, Teresa passed away about six, seven years ago, but she was mother Teresa. That's what I called her because she kind of had the same mentality. And maybe she taught me a little bit too, but to bring everybody in. And when somebody's struggling, you don't just cast them out. You hug them up a little, you love them up a little, or you rough them up a little, whatever you got to do to get their attention, and then try to guide them and put them, point them on the right path. And with young people, I think that's something we can do here. And even these jersey jumpers, you know, maybe they're just looking for the right fit. So you can't – it's a turnoff, but at the same time, could I be convinced otherwise? Yes. Yeah, completely fair. Um <clears throat> While we're on the topic of uh, jerseys, so the impression could be that when people look at a sponsored shooter, uh, they just assume that that person represents the company is actively trying to push that company's like products on other shooters. Um, we all know since we've shot for a while that that's not necessarily the case. Some people are good no. stewards of their companies and they also are like just good people in general. But there's also people out there who will send out their discount codes and actively try to get because maybe they're making a commission or something. So how do you think a sponsored shooter can get over that you're just a shill skepticism from the shooting community and end up helping people out in a way that doesn't necessarily benefit their company, but does end up uh, benefiting the sport? So I think that happens with reputation over time. Um, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to assume that if I'm walking up to somebody I don't know and they're representing a brand and I'm going to ask them a question that would fit into that brand, they're going to bring that in. 
because one, that's their job. That's what they're being paid somehow or another to do. Um, but also, like you said, time, a reputation, um, that's going to take a minute because they're not going to know. Like I said, I'm going to assume that you're going to do that as soon as I walk up. So you just got to give people a chance. And if you ask somebody a question, you know, and they go push you straight to their stuff, uh, maybe without really trying to learn what the problem is or what the concern is, um, maybe those are the people you should watch out for. But I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've done a million gun shows in my 20 years here. And mm -hmm. people will walk up wanting to buy a pigtail gas tube for something they don't need a pigtail gas tube for and spend $80 on a gas tube. And I'll say, buddy, you don't need that. And I'll sell them a $10 gas tube and they'll walk away and they'll have what they need. Hopefully they come back with their other $70 and buy something else. You yeah. Know? But I mean, to me, that's what it takes is just building that up and on the range eventually you'll build that reputation as somebody you can go to with questions and not be hammered with well double star said you need this yeah i think uh some people get away with like they, they give off the impression that they care about other people just as much as they care about their own performance mm -hmm. seems pretty prevalent in the three gun community i don't think it's as prevalent in the uspsa um that that makes people stand out for sure yeah i think the the difference between kind of the outlaw three-gun crowd versus the more structured USPSA group is quite discernible as soon as, because I'm, I've always done three-gun mm -hmm. and I went to shoot a USPSA match and I felt completely out of place. Like I felt like I had walked in with two six shooters on my hip, like, Oh, that's not how this goes. So, you know, luckily there was a couple of people that Kenzie was there. So she kind of helped me uh, mm -hmm. not look like a complete idiot. Were you shooting PCC then, or were you shooting production limited? No, it was actually a match at Camp Davy Crockett that they had set up to kind of show that they could put on matches down there. Okay. And, uh, uh, Greg Leach is one of the board members on the on that council down there, and uh, they're trying to get a really nice place built. They've got a huge room for a thousand yard range down there, and they're talking like twenty five bays. Um, oh wow! Making it a real legitimate shooting facility. And a Boy Scout camp. So, where's that at? It's in uh, uh, just outside of Knoxville. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I took we took our scouts down. I'm a scoutmaster too, so I took my scouts down there two summers in a row, and uh, they love it. But uh, yeah, so anyway, we were down there and just trying to you know help them out and show up and get some people out there. And uh, I shot my three gun pistol because that's what I have. You know, I didn't get all kitted up or anything like that I'd run what i've run <laughs> yep yep now that's the biggest thing i generally tell people to do don't go out buy all the gucci gear at first learn the sport use what you got then make a decision on what is it that you want to run after you have a good leg up yeah absolutely do not run out and buy the stuff you see after your first match mm -hmm. now you may see something you need like if you put in your shells in your pockets maybe get you a shell caddy of some sort but you know, you don't need to go buy a four or five thousand dollar pistol, rifle, or shotgun, and come back the next time and be ready to go. Mm -hmm. it doesn't really work that way. So, you know, 
sponsored shooters have this unique opportunity where they can really influence the way, you know, people think on and off the range. Um, have you ever seen a sponsored shooter influence the way you've run your business and uh, marketed your business? Hmm. That's a good question. I'll tell you two people who have really influenced me, um, two industry people. Mm, let me say that a different way. One industry person, one sort of industry person. So I'm talking about Diana Lidorf and mm-hmm. um, Tony Pignato. Mm-hmm. So Tony used to be here local to me. Okay. He, used, he would teach uh, at the Velocity Core, um, Training Center down there at Bud's. So Bud's Gun Shop, which a lot of people know about Bud's Gun Shop, is actually like 10 minutes from my house. Okay. Bud, Bud Wells is a good friend of ours. Uh, he doesn't run it anymore, but it's there. Um. Uh, now, where was I going with all that? What was the question again? Uh, how have uh, sponsored shooters influenced the way you've run your business? Oh, right. So, anyway, Tony and, and Diana put on this uh, class at SHOT Show one year. And it was a how to be a good representative, brand ambassador for um, your, your sponsor. And then how, as a sponsor, you can do things to help your brand ambassadors and your, and your sponsorees, if you will. And it was just like an hour class. And I went and took that class and I was friends with both of them when I got there already. So I knew them, but there was also several other people in that class that I knew that had their jerseys on and uh, were there to learn. So that was pretty cool. But after that, I really started watching what those two people did because in that class, they gave us several good things on both sides. Uh, and I really started watching Tony and then he moved to staccato and now he's doing all their stuff. And also, of course, Diana, she does stuff for several people, uh, her and her husband. So they're both good examples of people who have been in the industry and done well and represent well, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now everybody has a bad day. I get that. But for the most part, They've been very helpful to me. They've been very helpful to other people that I've seen. And um, that would be one I would say that has really made an impact on how I do things as far as a uh, manufacturer for our our people. As we're talking about um, some of the sponsored shooters, um, social media, right? It has a huge capacity to either uh, blow things out of proportion or present your personality and your brand in a very positive light. Um, so we'll start with like sponsored shooters. What are some general do's and don'ts? And you, you might've learned some of those at that workshop that you just mentioned. Um, and then specifically like some of the things that you've seen on social media that you would advise shooters to uh, avoid. Um, yeah, just from a per- business perspective. Um, as, as males, We'll do this as males and females because I think there's two different kind of sets of rules. Unfortunately, it's not exactly equal. Uh, but for guys, I think one, you need to establish yourself first. So your first set of videos needs to be gaining credibility because if you nobody knows who you are, why are they going to watch your videos, right? Um, I think that's important, uh, representing yourself well because now you've made yourself your brand. So you have to represent yourself well, as well as your sponsors. Um, So if you're out there and you're a giant a-hole on the the range, you're not going to get very many followers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, that being said, you look at those guys 
that do the videos and everybody's, oh, you can't do that. You can't disarm. Who's that guy that disarms people? Oh, slaps the gun out of their hand and puts them in a headlock, you know. Everybody knows that's bull. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're going for that, though, it's okay. You know, some people use a little parody in their videos. and There's nothing wrong with that either. So you got to kind of establish how you're going to educate people. Are you going to be the by the book straight edge person or are you going to be that parody? Have a good time, uh, you know, work that out. And then consistency is the other big thing uh, when you get into social media is if you post once every six months, nobody's going to pay attention to those posts. But if you're a regular poster throughout the season, you're posting your videos, you're maybe critiquing yourself, um, saying, well, I could have done this differently. Uh, I had this kit. I didn't really need it, or I really needed this. You know, giving tips and tricks to these new people because that's where they're going. I mean, think about it. When your dishwasher breaks, what do you do? You jump on YouTube and you try to figure out what's going on. That's my first go-to when anything breaks or if I have a question. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, you go there and you start looking for YouTube University and learn something. I mean, I, I guess what you could say, you, you kind of said consistency is key in this game. And I think it's consistency, mm-hmm. not just in how you post in social media, but mm-hmm. also consistency in the gear that you wear. Like sure. if, you're, if you're looking to become the best shooter that you could possibly be, do you think – switching out your rifle or switching out parts of your rifle every week or every month or every match is really going to build that consistency. No. And you're not going to represent the product and you're not going to represent the company. Well, you know, having that consistency of saying, Hey, this is the same gear I've been running for like five years and I may have tuned it up. You changed barrels, gotten stuff fixed. Like it's, it's all one and the same, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. I give credit to Jeremy Leitner. Like he, you know, he's he's the type of guy, he's like, I've run the same rifle for the past six years. Why? Because I've I've come to know everything about this piece mm-hmm. of gear. And I know its flaws and I know I, I know its strengths. And I think whenever it comes across the board, the more you become a consistent person, the more you're gonna not only build yourself up as a better shooter a better influencer, but also a better representative of the company that you are representing. I agree a hundred percent. And a good, another good example of that is Brian Ray and Brian bought. Oh yeah. Those, Those guys two guys shoot rifles that they got the first season with us, which was like eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're still, Brian bought still pulls out his iron tack irons guns that it's the same one he's had since, I don't know. Like I said, 10 years ago or, or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, and he'll send me a text. I'm going to shoot this gun again, this old gun. You that's know, awesome. That's... And, and I, you know, like anytime you hear those two individuals speak, there's the, there's two things that are come, going to come out of it. One, you're going to be laughing your ass off. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and two, you're going to learn something because they're funny in their, their approach, but they are absolutely correct with everything that they have to say. And yeah. kind of back to the point of consistency, like you nailed it. They've been with the company eight, nine years now. Like they're not jumping around. They're like, this gear is awesome. I know this gear and I'm going to keep representing, you know, this product. Yeah. And I'll say one other person that's been with us. This guy is the OG double star shooter, and that's Tom Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you don't see Tom as much as you used to, and Tom's not on social media. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see him on YouTube making videos. But 
if you're on the range with him, there's no better guy to have there with you. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about just a mountain of knowledge, and he's just such a nice guy that you can. He's real easy to approach. So if you ever see Tom Carpenter on the range, and you need to ask somebody a question. That's the man to talk to right there. Oh, I met I met Tom last year at the pro am. Really nice mm-hmm. guy, like you said. Just really really nice guy. And I saw the rifle he was shooting. It was a double star rifle, and I think he had like an eighteen or a twenty inch barrel. Yeah. Uh, you know he he's old school with 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 his type of gear but he knows what works for him mm. and he's consistent with his long range shooting oh yeah and he's we took i actually took a pistol class with him um that's actually the first time i hung out with steve walker outside of a match mm. uh, and i mean somebody that like me who really has no background in it came in there and by the end of the class i was feeling pretty good about shooting a pistol i mean it really made a big difference so you know, fundamentals, when you're reloading, you should be moving this way or that way or, you know, things that little things that you don't really think about is average Joe shooter just coming in to try this stuff. Uh, Tom's a real good guy to know. Yeah. No, it was a pleasure meeting him. I was hoping to see him this year at a, at the Mountain State match, but right. I'm sure he had other priorities going on. But right. great guy. Like, yeah. Well, I'll tell you guy. what, he showed up. So Kenzie put on the gals day out there at Camp Davy Crockett on Mother's Day weekend this year. Mm-hmm. And I showed up to my section of the range. I brought down some guns for the ladies to shoot, an M16, let them shoot that, you know, have a little fun. And I saw Tom's truck pulling in, coming around the, the trees there. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then he pulled up, talked to me, and then the, the pistol section was on up the hill, and that's where everybody else was and Kenzie was. And he was like, well, she told me she wanted me up there. And I said, you tell her I want you down here. <laughs> and she did. She sent him back, and he helped me work that range. And, I mean, it, it was just, you know, clockwork, like me and you, and we were reset. Just bam, 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 bam. Everything worked real well. No, that's, so, all, that's awesome that all three of you guys were out there helping, helping those kids and, you know, setting all that stuff up. Uh, oh yeah that's that's good fun oh yeah like i i like working with junior shooters like some of the junior shooters like myself and the team have worked with is Mm -hmm. like um what's his name not kent freiberger that's his dad um shoot can't think of his first name uh but freiberger great shooter really good kid nate schmidt another one logan toland um Mm. just like guys that have guys that have grown up and have represented their companies well and Absolutely. and just they bring something to the sport they bring that youth and that energy to a sport that you know for a long time there it's been your you know 30 year old shooters and your you know 30 i'd say 30 to 60 year old shooter range you right. know um and it's Ooh. good to see those teenagers out there just bringing that energy and uh, kind of reinvigorating people to to get out there and shoot. Well, and, and as old dudes, you don't like to see some kid coming in and eating your lunch. So that makes you work a little harder sometimes, maybe yeah. in your practice sessions. Yeah. Not me, but you guys probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so to kind of continue on, um, in, in like three gun through the ages in a sense, and you and I have probably been competing it in three gun about the same amount of time, you know, you're, you're at about what, 10 years, about I'm, 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting about eight, nine years now. Um, 
so we're in an era where prize tables aren't what they used to be. You know, when I came into the sport uh, in 2013, 2014, Three Gun Nation was offering $25,000 and $50,000 prize winnings. In 2016, at the FN match, they had a half a million dollar in prizes on the table. Uh, same year, at Blue Ridge Three Gun Championship, you guys, like you and Andy, uh, Andy Horner, it was well over a hundred thousand dollars in prizes on that table. Um, and we and won't go into specifics as to the many reasons why sponsoring matches isn't like what it used to be. Um, but companies like double star vortex Luru, and all the other ones out there that have continued to donate, what do you look for in matches that you donate to? And what does communication with that match director look like? What's what's a good scenario and what's a bad scenario? Okay, so a good example, um, we'll just go with this year, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, the only match we actually sponsored was the Mountain State Three Gun there in Beckley. Uh, Beckley's match is not the most well-known match. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, the most prestigious match, but it's run by good people. Uh, of course, Brittany Long is on our team. Her dad, James, is the match director there at, at the Beckley Gun Club or for that match. And they're good people to work with. They're easy to work with. And they're trying to build something there. And to me, being from the mountains myself, like I said, I'm an old hillbilly too. Working with people in, in, in my area is always a big, you know, a, a big advantage. You know, we used to sponsor a lot of matches at Rock Castle before it was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, we do three or four or five matches a year there, and then maybe one or two out out and about. But really what we're looking for is a match that's either helping people out, like part of the reason I like the Mountain State is the random draw. Now, people who don't normally have an opportunity to win a gun or things like that, to me that's cool. And And as a guy who doesn't shoot very well, like, you know, you have an opportunity there to win something besides a little jug of oil and a sticker, mm-hmm. which there's nothing wrong with that. I appreciate those too. I've got tons of those little jugs of oil now, but uh, <laughs> the other thing is like with pro-am uh, you know, that's a huge match and you got to put things on the pro side table. You got to put things on the am side table so you can invest a lot of money real fast. Well, I don't mind the am side as much getting, really cool stuff like the last year we did a rock castle i loaded the am table down mm-hmm. and i put a few cool things on the pro table because two out of the three things that were put on the pro table that year were sold before we left yep and you know i've kind of i've kind of heard that you know companies you know at, at a lot of matches you know the guys who are winning the the cool guns, you know, I remember years ago seeing like an FN Ballista, uh, which was like a, a six thousand mm-hmm. dollar rifle where you could switch out barrels and all that stuff. As soon as that match was over, that gun was on the internet, getting sold within right. a day. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's that's a slap in the face, exactly to the company. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of a kick in the face to us. Uh, you know, we you're giving stuff away bottom mm-hmm. line that's it but you're not doing it to just give it away uh, as a company we're doing it one to get our name out there a little more especially a small company like us you know we're just trying to get 
exposure in different places. And hopefully the, these people that come to these huge matches will take your product back to their local clubs. And that's where you start to really make a, an impact is on those people. The pro shooters already have their kit, right? You, you're not really going to sway them mm-hmm. for one match. Now, if you can do several matches and really work that and try to do it nationwide, that's probably the best approach because then you're going to start to, you know, get all those little gun clubs when they go back. But really the big thing is you hate to see your stuff being sold uh, before you ever leave the the match. But in one instance that I know about, at least it went to somebody that actually got to use it and appreciated it and he got a good deal on it. So you know, some, yeah, there's some advantages there, but generally speaking for me, I like helping out the small matches a little bit better. It makes me feel better as a person. I don't know. Uh, I feel like those people are going to appreciate it and use it and really get the advantages out of it for being there. Uh, you know, me and, uh, me and my buddy Jay, um, and JK, uh, um, which you shot with at, at mountain state, um, you know, one thing we really like and enjoyed about the Mountain State match this year it was it it's got it's got that local mentality in a major setting right. um, where everybody just really gets along. Um, everybody really just hangs out and everybody's just having a good time and people are still trying to be as competitive as they can be. Um, right. And no matter how hard it's raining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that'll be a Ooh. that'll be a special uh video that you know we were kind of talking. Hey, That's what's right. it bring whenever it's raining? We'll, we'll 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 do a special video just for that. Like, hey, this is what you need to have with you at all times in case it rains. That's it. But uh, um, before we take off here, is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we cut out? So, as a shooter. If you're really interested in getting in and getting sponsored by a company, remember the things that we said earlier, because it is important. And you guys know it's important for you guys. When you go to the range, who you picked a squad with, um, I have one rule and it's don't be a dick. I got a sticker. There's a pen, everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I have no time for that. If you can't get along with people, then we don't we don't want to work with you. Let's just be honest. Um, but be good to people. Take care of your people. When you get there, take care of people you don't even know. Mm-hmm. That's how you build a good reputation on the range is, is helping out, being approachable, and going out there and having a good time. But if they see you throwing stuff and kicking and fussing and carrying on, you don't last long. And we've all seen that too. Oh, yeah. And so- uh, buy some stuff from Double Star, please. <laughs> and speaking on that so we're at the end of the episode if you made it this far to the end of the episode um we do have discount codes uh oh, yes that's right so i'm not going to give out that discount code here but if you do want a discount code whether right now it's through red stitch targets or in double star rifles please reach out to to the 3giq podcast whether it's on instagram or facebook um and double star itself you know let us know that you listen to the podcast and we will 
get you a code that way you can get a percentage off of the next product uh product you purchase from those two companies so we really hope you did enjoy this episode if you have any questions please reach out